let the circumstances of our lives and, and the occurrences in our nation, um, the horrendous way in which George Floyd died. I said last week that I believe um, there is no excuse for that happening. Um, and then, and then all the rioting. And the arson, the looting, the murders that have occurred in response, I understand thinking that's acceptable. Thinking, I understand not thinking that, that the way George Floyd died is acceptable. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. Shouldn't have gone down that way, ever. Um, And the four words, there is no excuse. But all the other actions that have, have followed, not all of them, I shouldn't say that. Um, but, but the rioting, the looting, the arson, the murder. Um, I also said last week, my mama taught me two wrongs don't make a right. And, and one wrong doesn't justify another wrong. And so again, let me say to all of that, there is no excuse. And and um, I think that I think that I need to hear from people that that live a different reality than I do. <laughs> um, I need to hear from people of other races and people from other parts of the country, I, I need to hear it. I think that I have some learning to do. And uh, I, mean, I, I have a friend who uh, lives in Arizona. I call him Primo, which is Spanish for cousin. And, and if you follow me on Facebook, you see me and him go back and forth in, in vigorous comedic debate. Um, based upon a deep, lifelong friendship. And um, in 1940s Arizona, in a copper mining town, um, his dad was a friend of my dad's older brother, and by extension, my dad. And he's Mexican, and I'm mostly white, so same with my granddaddy. Well, my granddaddy in 1940s um, accepted his dad into the house, and and uh, and even told him that that uh, he was like his third son. And so um, I began little league baseball in Murcia, Arizona, that same town, and and my friend in Arizona's dad, who's was my grandpa's third son, uh, was my little league coach. And uh, I, I just remember this kind, humble, gentle man um, who taught us baseball. And, and so, so this friend of mine, my, my primo, um, put something on Facebook this week about how it has been his experience throughout his life to experience racism, and that he understands the depth of the reaction to what happened to George Floyd. And, and I have to admit that I was shocked by that. I grew up in the same town. Um, we played on the same team. We went to, you know, we went to the same schools. Um, he had a younger brother that was in, in my grade. And, and um, so, so this friend of mine has a lot of friends of, of different ethnicities, but on this post, nobody but other Hispanics have commented. And, and I have to admit that I don't know what I would say. And, and um, I think his friendship and my friendship is okay, but um, I don't know what other people that responded, how they would respond to me. 
So, like, where do I stand now? Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm not entirely sure how to navigate all that, even with people that I've known all my life. Um, you know, I see a man who worked for the state of Arizona, who, who worked for a, a major world-class copper mining company, who at 62 years old, in less than a month, is going to be able to retire for the rest of his life and see a, a good life that was lived American dream, yet he expresses a, a life of facing um, racism. And, and uh, someday, in some format, I want to have that discussion with him because um, I'm sure there were episodes of racism in his life. I don't doubt it. There have been episodes of racism in my life. You know, the summer. After my fifth grade year, we moved to a different town down on the southern border, and I was the minority. In the second week of my sixth grade, I got beat up until I was laid on the ground. They kicked me for a while after I was down there, and they said racial comments while they were doing it, six on one. That was my welcome to junior high on the border. Um, and um, this is before Christ. My daddy told me how to handle it, and I went back and took care of it with those six. But I, you know, I don't think the rest of the Hispanics in the world are responsible for that. And yet I got this good lifelong friend who's, who's casting a pretty wide net on, on who's responsible for George Floyd and, and all the racism that he's experienced. So, I'm just being vulnerable and honest. I, I got a long ways to go here. And, and uh, what I want is to live in such a way that Jesus Christ is glorified and that in Jesus we are all brought together and made one. And, and uh, I don't think, I don't ever expect a politician to do that for me. Before us, I think that there are some that attempt to make progress towards that end, and I think there are some that attempt to make progress away from that. And and both sides of that is for political gain. I, I, our salvation is not in politics; um, it's in Jesus Christ. But I do want to live in a way where I understand other people, and that and that I can perceive their pain so that I can share Jesus Christ as the solution. So that's where I'm at today. So, so I've been thinking about all that this week. And, uh, you know, the, the regularly scheduled sermon prepared, but I've been thinking maybe there's something else that I should do. So I got up this morning, and, and um, one of the few first things I do is I multitask in the morning is I look at my phone. And, and I'm looking at my phone this morning, and every morning, uh, there's a friend of the family, uh, uh, an amazing woman of God, disciple of Jesus Christ, follower of Jesus. Uh, her name is Karen, and, and every morning, by the time I get up, her being an hour ahead, an early riser also, um, there, there's she sends out a daily devotion. And so she texts that to everybody on her text list, and then sometimes I see them posted on her Facebook. And uh, I think she's retired now. She was a, a church secretary in North Platte when we were in Nebraska. And I think she's finally retired. Her husband is a retired law enforcement officer. Um, just an amazing Christian couple that have accepted us into their family and loved on us. And so um, Karen's also written um, a couple books, at least, maybe a few books. Of the devotional nature, Karen Newton, N-E-W-T-O-N, amazing follower of Jesus, and so she puts out this this text every day. And so I'm looking at it this morning, and it's like exactly along the lines of what I've been praying through this week. And uh, and part of what she shared was some passages out of Romans chapter 12. So thank you, Karen. Give you due credit. Um, I'm going to take those same passages and and um, 
not say what she said about him, but say what the Lord's laid on my heart about him, that, it, that it's the perfect format for what I want to do. And I, I, I want to read scripture, and then I want to lead us in prayer. And, and uh, for those of you who are here in the sanctuary, the way that we're doing our prayer time now is, is we're waiting till the end of the service after the sermon, and that way the live stream and the recording of the service gets turned off because we may not want to share something here with our, our local family that we don't want out on the internet forever. <laughs> and so we we do our own prayer and share time at the end of the service after the recording and, and live stream of the service has been completed. Um, so I, I want to go to Romans chapter 12. Verse 1 starts out with these words, the, the words of Paul to the church in Rome and the words of Holy Scripture to you and I today. Paul says, at the beginning of Romans chapter 12, Therefore I urge you. Now, anytime you see the word therefore, you need to ask, what's that there for? It's drawing a conclusion on something that's come before that. Okay? And so I'm not going to go back and read an extensive passage out of out of Romans 11, but but in the latter part of Romans 11, Paul is describing how amazingly awesome and glorious God is. And the very last verse of Romans chapter 11, verse 36, says of God, for from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Man, that's just a powerful end to a powerful passage of Scripture. So, wherever we're at in all this, and however we're trying to process all this, and however we want to understand how to respond to this, from God, through God, and for God are all things. Let us live from, through, and for God. And to him be the glory forever in our lives. So that's the conclusion of what comes before. <clears throat> so when we read therefore, that's what's therefore. Okay? So today I, I want us to hear a call to prayer. Churches across the nation have been asked to pray, and we're going to participate in that. Um I I felt compelled to pray before somebody asked me to pray about all this uh, today. So um, I, I know that we all have. Therefore, I urge you. So Paul is strongly encouraging us. Other versions say, therefore, I appeal to you. Therefore, I call upon you. Therefore, I beseech you. So there's a strong call, a strong urging of Scripture. Therefore, now let's read the entire 12th chapter of Romans, verses 1 through 24. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. 
If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Do not be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The 12th chapter of the book of Romans, the word of the Lord to us today. And I want to go back and readdress uh, some of the passages of Romans chapter 12 as points of prayer. And so I'm going to read a passage, um, comment on it a little bit, and then lead us in prayer over that passage, and then we'll do that again um, on the next passage. I want to go back to the first three verses of Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And I think that means that, that we offer every part of us. Our minds, our spirits, our bodies, our worldview, our values, our actions, our words, our thoughts. Um, in view of God's mercy. Mercy means that when you can do anything, you choose to do that which creates the greatest possibility for the blessing of another. So, God's mercy. Scripture tells us all have sinned to fall short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. So, if you want to look strictly at what we deserve, that's what we deserve. And, and God, in His mercy, being a loving and compassionate and merciful God, one who wants to do, react to our sin in a way that maximizes our chance for being saved by faith in Jesus and restored to a right relationship with God through Him, extends mercy. So, in view of God's mercy, all of us. George Floyd, the cop who put a knee on his neck, um, you, me, the people who are peaceful today, the people who are looting today, all of them have an offer of God's mercy extended to them. So in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Let our living, let our life be a sacrifice of faith and worship and service to Jesus Christ. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Um, so the pattern of this world, on both sides of this issue that, that is dominating the news, was, I don't think, was God's pattern. I have good friends who are law enforcement. Here in Goodman and elsewhere. Um, and so I know that most law enforcement officers do their job exceedingly well 
under incredible pressure. And I don't even pretend to know what it's like day in and day out. And I compliment them and honor them for their service. Um, but the world, and, and often, as in this case, when that term, the world, is used, it means um, the, the physical, human, and spiritual forces that live in opposition to God. Okay? Do not conform to the pattern of this world. There is no excuse. God um, will not say, yeah, I see what they did, so you go ahead and act like them. Mama said, two wrongs don't make a right. And one wrong doesn't justify another wrong. So, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And um, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, perfect will. I love that phrase. Because God is a God of mercy, His will for us is good. Uh, it's pleasing. And it's perfect. And it will enable us to become who he created us to be. And so we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And circumstances lately is another opportunity to be transformed. Um, we, can, we can just be defensive or we can be transformed. And um, I've tried to express today that I don't agree with everything I've seen on the, uh, you know, social media, and I gave a specific example of a specific person in my life. Um, but I want my mind to be renewed in case there's some way that I can grow to become more like Jesus and better reflect him so that more people that come in contact with my life come to faith in Christ and eternal salvation in his name. And having my mind renewed for me by God, then I'll be able to test and prove what his will is. That's an amazing promise. Verse 3, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So we're all different. Um, let us be humble before God so that he can continue to speak in our lives. Let us be humble before God so he can continue to speak in our lives. And celebrate our differences. Now let's go to, to Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So, love must be sincere. Um, that English word sincere it is a direct uh, transliteration out of old Latin, sincere. Seen means without, setting means wax. Love must be without wax. And um, where that term came from, it, and it became more widely applied uh, as an analogy or an example, uh, back then when pottery got damaged, when it, when it was cracked or chipped, um, people would repair the pottery by putting wax into those voids either along that crack line or, or in that chip, they would put wax in there. And then they and then they would paint over it. And you couldn't tell that it had ever been broken or cracked or chipped. And so then they could market that for a higher value if you knew that underneath the surface there's a crack um, or a chip out of it. And so um, they, they were offering as unbroken what had been broken in, in an effort to, to increase the value of it. So our love must be sincere. 
without wax. Our love must be pure. It must be whole. Um, and and we don't ever want to be those who say they love, but then hold all kinds of hard feelings and ill will underneath that. That would be cracks and chips, and brokenness in in our love. So love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. That's a strong word, hey. Use the H word, hate. Hate what is evil. Um, cling to what is good. So, love that is whole does not abide evil in any form, from any source at all. And clings to what is good. That sounds simple to read, but but uh, I'm pretty sure that I, I have spent my life, and I will spend the rest of my life trying to live that out. Huh. Verse ten: Be devoted to one another in love. So, where's our devotion? Where do we live it out? Now, we are devoted supremely to Jesus Christ. He's Savior and Lord. But in our human relationships. Our horizontal relationships be devoted to one another in love. Well, what is it that, that informs and empowers and characterizes our relationship with others? Love. And, and rather than being devoted to the love of self, let's be devoted to the love of each other, to the love of those with whom we disagree, to the love of those who um, portray evil in our world. Honor one another along the same line. Honor one another above yourself. So, of course, Jesus comes first, but we don't come second. We need to serve others uh, before we look to ourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. You know, sometimes we get tired, like, you know, tired at the end of the day, and sometimes we just, for a season, are tired, like, sick of you know, um, let us not be carried away by those emotions, but let us never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Always, in all of this, remember that we're serving Jesus Christ. Be joyful in hope. There's some passages of Scripture that I need to read once in a while to restore my hope. And one of the places I like to go is the last couple of chapters in the book of Revelation, the end of the Bible. Man, there's some, there's some verses in chapter 21. You know, I behold the new, new heaven and new earth descending out of heaven from God. There'll be no more crying, no more tears, no more death, no more mourning. Oh, man, that's good stuff. And that is the eternal, ultimate destination for you and I as we follow Jesus Christ as Savior, as Lord. So, I have hope. It doesn't matter what's happening in this world. It doesn't matter what's happening in my life. I'm going home. And, and, and I'm going to call the Almighty God, yeah. Abba, Daddy. And, and I'm going to worship with Jesus Christ. So, be joyful in hope. Um, no, no circumstance in my life or this world can take the joy of that hope away. Patience and affliction. Um, you know, there's a joke about, about don't ask for patience because you'll be given trials that develop your patience, right? But be patient in affliction. So, in some way, um, at some level, some of us in this country way more than others. My understanding is the last count I saw was there, there were four Three police officers that are dead, that were killed by rioters, and, and one that's clinging to life, shot a point blank range in the back of the head, and somehow that man's clinging to life in Las Vegas. Um, there's no excuse. And, and, and I saw, I, I've seen multiple pictures and 
descriptions of, of these small business owners in these communities that, that have been burned out and looted. And uh, they've lost everything. And, and I've seen them from every ethnicity. They know an affliction that I don't know. So whatever affliction I think I have, and whatever affliction they actually do have, I just pray by faith in Jesus that they can be patient in that. And the last encouragement there is be faithful in prayer. Let's pause for a minute. Heavenly Father, thank you for your holy word that gives us a foundation, a touchstone, a place to go to know and do your will. God, you are a God of mercy. You have maximized every opportunity for us to know Christ as Savior, to be forgiven and born again, to know salvation that lasts for this life and for eternity. Thank you that you have, in all the things that you could do, being unhindered in power, you have chosen to express your love to us and maximize the chance that we can be right with you for eternity. And so we offer ourselves to you, Lord, and our prayer is that we would indeed be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, and that we would know and live true and proper worship. And God, um, help us not to be conformed to the pattern of this world. It's so tempting um, to respond in judgment first. God help us. May you transform us by the renewing of your mind that we can test and approve what your will is. That in all the noise in the world today that we would hear your voice, that we would know your will. And we confess in agreement with your word that God, your will is good. Your will is pleasing. And your will is perfect for us. And so let us come to the place where we know and do your will. God, let us be humble, thinking of ourselves with sober judgment, aware of our sin, our frailties, our limitations, and let us live by faith that you have given each one of us. We are not all the same, but we can all have faith in you, God, and let us live by that faith. God, let us be known by your love and our love for others. Let it be sincere, without lacks. Let the love that we have actually be complete. God, help us to know how to hate what is evil and cling to what is good with a love that is sincere. All those things are in your holy word, Lord, inspired by your Holy Spirit. And so come, Holy Spirit, and teach us how to do all of that. And let us, Lord, be devoted to one another. Let us honor others above ourselves. And God, may we always be fervently, spiritually serving the Lord Jesus Christ. God, may we be joyful in hope. Nothing in this life, nothing in this world can take from us salvation in Jesus. And so our hope is unhindered. Our hope is unchallenged. Our hope is complete. Lord, as affliction comes, let us endure patiently, joyful in hope, faithful in prayer. Let today just be one instance of a daily commitment to pray. Lord, we pray for revival in this church. We pray for revival in this town. We pray for revival in this nation. We pray for revival in this world. We pray that the name of Jesus will be proclaimed. We pray for many who will come to saving faith in Jesus, live their lives and live their eternity by faith in him. We lift up high the name of Jesus. We proclaim his name today. Amen. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. 
Bless and do not curse. Bless who? Those who persecute you. So my friend in Arizona has felt a lifetime of persecution. Um, my prayer for him is that he lives in a way that blesses those who persecute him. And um, what you do is bless, what you do not do is curse. So there is no excuse. Mama said two wrongs don't make a right. Um, I know for a fact that, that there are some ethnicities in some areas of the country where the population feels incredibly persecuted. Uh, my prayer for them is that they choose to bless those who persecute them. And not do something else that is without excuse in response. That's my prayer for them. Bless and do not curse. We read it in this passage in Romans chapter 12 um, that vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and he will exact vengeance. Man, that's a that's a scary thing. So Wrongs will be made right by God. So I don't have to do it. And if I try to be the one to do it, then according to Scripture, I'm wrong too. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Man, that's a high calling. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I pray that... that the meaning of this verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 14, that this would take root across this nation and this world. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. God, we completely mess up justice and making things right if we take it into our own hands and don't let you work. Father, I see the legal system at work in all of this. And, and there will be a lawful process in which the vengeance of God can occur appropriately. God, I pray for an end. I feel naive even saying, but I'm done. I pray for an end to the violence, to the looting, to the arson, to the ruining of other lives completely unconnected to what started all of this. God, I pray that, that you, those who are active to organize this stuff, and to fund it, to supply it, I pray that you frustrate them. I pray that you bring them to no account. I pray that you stop them. And to those who believe that that arson and looting and violence even murder somehow make anything better. I pray that you open their minds and their spirits to the truth. I pray for their salvation and my faith in Jesus Christ that they too can be a living sacrifice with a renewed mind. Pour your spirit out upon them and draw them to you. And by faith in Jesus Christ, may they be made complete find the only solution that brings the satisfaction that they desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to read the end of the chapter from Romans chapter 16 through Romans chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. Live in harmony with one another. So, I know very little about music theory but there's like melody and there's harmony and there's different notes that sound good with those other notes. Um, we're not all the same. 
I don't have the exact experience that my friend in Arizona does. I don't have the exact experience that people in those neighborhoods that have been decimated in Minneapolis do in those other communities. I don't have exactly the experience. But how about we live in harmony with one another? We're not all the same note on the musical page. We don't all have the same experience, but what if all of our experiences, all of our lives, as different as they are, still um, were lived out with each other in harmony, in a way that, that I bless you and you bless me. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. If you're ever going to live in harmony with others, pride's got to go. Boy, there's a powerful um, gut level temptation to hump up and declare all the reasons that I'm exactly right and all the reasons that that differing opinion is exactly wrong and how messed up they are for not agreeing with me. Um, if we're going to live in harmony, it starts with do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. So, whether people are economically above you or below you, whether you're in a position that society uh, grants them is above or below you, um, be willing to associate with them. Do not be conceited. So that's kind of a uh, harmonious note to do not be proud. <laughs> um, to, to do not think higher of yourself than you should. Think of yourself as sober judgment. Do not be conceited. Verse 17. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Woo, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Um, that's why I say there is no excuse. It was wrong, man. To kneel on that man's neck until he was dead. Um, but repaying it with arson and looting and violence and murder to ruin now thousands of people's livelihoods? That, treat, that is repaying evil for evil. So, law said two wrongs don't make a right. There is no excuse. Do not repay anyone, anyone, that's comprehensive, without exception, evil for evil. But be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Dear God, give me faith to believe that that's possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, how in the environment in this country today can somebody do what's right in the eyes of everyone? I don't even know. I don't even know how to, I don't God, with eyes of faith, let me see how that's possible. It's in your word. I believe it. Transform me by the renewing of my mind. Let me be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Verse 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, there's some reality that I can wrap my mind around. There are some with whom it's not going to be possible to live at peace. Um, why? If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, um, live at peace with everyone. Uh, this is a good horizontal human-to-human portrayal of, of the mercy of God and how we can express God's mercy in our living. Because God has done if it's possible, as far as it depends on him, God has created the conditions so that we can live at peace with him. And nothing but that. That's what he's offered us. And so, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, to live at peace with everyone. You don't need to be naive. Like, everybody's going to love me. I'm going to get along perfectly with everybody. Um, but at the same time, May I be a person of mercy that in the image of God who created me, I maximize the opportunity for there to be wholeness and love between me and them. Dear God, 
if it be possible, as far as it depends on me, as far as it depends on us, may it be said of us, may it be true of us, that we live at peace with everyone. God, come and help us and show us the way in the circumstances of our lives, in the circumstances of these days in our country. In Jesus' name, amen. And here in verse 19, do not take revenge. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. We don't know the timing, or, or, or I don't think that we are even privy to all the ways in which God makes things right in this life. But he promises to avenge that which needs to be avenged. He promises that. So if we get out of the way, that can occur. And his mercy would be even more evident and more widely accepted. Verse 20, on the contrary, instead of that, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. So we do good to those who we believe are our enemies, and nothing but good. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Um, we, <laughs> we can quickly descend in there. Man, I'd like to see that. Forehead flambe right there. Boy, that's what they got coming. I don't think that's what's being said here. Okay? Um, my understanding of uh, in doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head, is, is you will get through the mindset, get through into the mindset of somebody who does exact vengeance, who has made themselves your enemy because they have acted with evil intent toward you. You will get through to them, and your kindness and your goodness and the mercy that you offered them will make them look at themselves in contrast to that and realize that they need to make a change, that they need to repent. I think this is a very positive statement here. Um, what if, with your enemy, you were so good to them that they just couldn't keep it up anymore and they stopped and they said, you know what, I've been wrong. I'm sorry, forgive me. What if that occurred because we treated them so well? Let that be said of me. Let that be said of you. Let that be said of the church, of believers in Jesus Christ in America and in the world today. Let that be our prayer. Let that be our goal. And in conclusion, verse 21, do not be overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Again, there is no excuse. Mama said, two wrongs don't make a right. And whatever moved you emotionally um, to, for all intents and purposes, act this, in the same way towards others in response, there's no excuse. And so somebody's got to stop first. Somebody's got to love first. Somebody's got to express and extend mercy first. So how about we do that? How about we do that? And let that be our response. I'm not going to agree exactly with everybody. And I don't expect you to either. But how about we lead with love and mercy and grace and blessing and let God work it out. In doing that, we can get out of his way so he can work it out. Um, instead of us trying to take over and work it out for him or for ourselves. So, a lot to think about today. Man, I've got more questions than answers. But I'm, I'm, I'm brokenhearted for my country. And, and we need God to come back 
for this. It can, can be better. Let's pray. God, help us truly to live in harmony with one another. Lord, we confess and let go of our pride and our conceit. May we be willing to associate with every other person. God, help us not to repay evil for evil. Help us, God, to have faith, to believe, when your word says, be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Show us how that is possible. Work through us, empower us, guide us. Use us to make that reality. And as far as it depends on us, God, may we live at peace with everyone. We're not naive. There is evil in this world, and there are people who operate in evil in this world. But as far as it depends on us, God, may we honor you and bring you glory as to the best of our ability. We live at peace with everyone. And Father, we choose not to take revenge. It is room for your wrath. It is yours to avenge, God. So I'm going to get out of the way and not do what is not my task and trust you to make all things right. God, help us to embrace and enact feeding our enemy when he's hungry, giving our enemy something to drink when he is thirsty. And in doing this, to heap burning coals on his head, to bring him to understand the difference between good and evil, between right and wrong, between holiness and sin. Not that he be destroyed, but that he be saved. God, use us as your servants that others may be saved by faith in Jesus Christ. By the power of your Holy Spirit, may we not be overcome by evil, but may we instead overcome evil with good. Show us the good that we can do this day in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our community, and in this nation, and in this world. God, may we be part of overcoming evil with good. We love you, God. Pray that you would come, Lord Jesus, in glory and power, and restore 